0: Praise the Lord everyone. Praise the Lord. God is good to us again today. I'm glad to be here to speak to y'all again this month. I appreciate doing the work of the Lord. and uh, We can't never do enough, and we can't never do enough to satisfy the soul as we have hunger in our heart. Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. It's a hunger in my heart to want to do the work of the Lord. I hope it's a hunger in your heart to want to do the work of the Lord. No matter how big or how small it may be. Because we can all do the work of the Lord. We can all do little things to help the Lord. To assist the Lord. Because we are the mouthpieces of the Lord in sharing the gospel. We are the mouthpieces of the Lord to encourage each other. We are the mouthpieces of the Lord to help and strengthen each other. We are the mouthpieces of the Lord to share the salvation plan. There is only one salvation plan in the Word of God in whereby a man must be saved. Woman, child, human being. That salvation plan was laid out with the foundations of the world. That salvation plan was designed by the Almighty God. That salvation plan was implemented by the Almighty God. That salvation plan was carried out by the Almighty God. And then it's up to us to fulfill that salvation plan. But we all are workers for God if we choose to be. You don't have to work for the Lord. You don't have to do anything for God. Because God gave us the power of choice to make our own decisions in this world. To do what we want to do. To say what we want to say. Or not do anything. The title of my message today is, God will use us if we will allow Him to. How many wants to allow the Lord to use them? Raise your hands. Praise the Lord, yes. We all want God to use us. Amen. Why do we concern ourselves or wonder if God will ever use us? We're all human. No one is any different in in our makeup than anyone else. Yes, you have women. Yes, you have men. But we are all human beings. God created the woman to be the... Vessel to birth children. He gave men more strength in their bodies to work. But we're all human. We're all from the same mold that God created human beings from. So if we want to be used by God, all we have to do is allow Him to use us. And He will use us in ways that we may sometimes not even be aware of. We are all failures because we were born into sin. Does that mean that we're perfect? No, that's just the opposite. We're not perfect because we were born into sin and we're human beings. We have the nature of sin in us. That is what we have to fight against. To become holy. To become born again. And to learn more wisdom, knowledge, understanding about how to live for God. Because the carnal nature is enmity against God. Our carnal nature that we live in as our bodies fights against God every day. Sometimes we win the battle, sometimes we lose. There were a lot of people in the Bible that God used mightily. If you know your Bible, if you know anything about the Word of God, you know that there was a lot of mighty people in the Bible that were brought to the surface, so to speak, a little more predominant than others. So I'm going to run through a short list here, and I'm going to let you see how that these people were used mightily of God. But for my first reading, I want to read... I've got two scriptures I would like to read. And these two scriptures, one is 37 and 6, excuse me, 37 and 5 in Psalm. Psalm 37 and 5 says, Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Commit thy way unto the Lord, and he shall bring it to pass. So what does that say? Commit your ways. Commit the things that you're doing. Commit your works unto the Lord. Now, that is called making a sacrifice to do what you really don't want to do. Now, we've been coming up here to this nursing home for almost three years now. And I'm committed. Brother T is committed. Sister McDermott's committed. My daughters are committed. But we don't always want to come. And it's not because we don't care about you folks. It's not y'all. It's our carnal nature that we fight against. Just like you have to fight against your carnal nature. So I hope you understand what I'm saying. Commit thy ways unto the Lord. And He shall bring it to pass. So we commit ourselves to you. We commit ourselves to God. And He brings it to pass. Now I'm feeling much better. So I can bring forth the message He gave me to give to you today. Now I have one more scripture. And it's just a real quick scripture. It's found in Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. And it says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. What's going to be added unto me? The things I need. The willpower to stand up against evil. The ability to fight against my carnal nature. Sometimes He gives us things we want for our flesh. Like a job, food, money to pay bills, And even sometimes gives us pleasures to go off on a vacation or something or just whatever. But it's because we seek the kingdom of heaven first. We put God first. Do His work. Do what He calls us to do with the mouthpiece that we are. And then things else that we need happens and falls into place. So I'm glad to be here. I am glad to be here. Based on my body earlier, I didn't want to be here. But I'm glad to be here. From my mind and my heart and my spirit, I want to be here. Because I committed my ways unto the Lord. And I'm seeking the kingdom of heaven first. Over how I feel. Over how I want to do this. Or I want to stay in the bed. I keep God first. Am I perfect? No. No. But I'm trying my best. So now I want to go a little deeper and I want to tell you about some of the people in the Bible that made many mistakes, but yet God used them. And that was what I was building a foundation to let you know that you've got to commit yourself unto God, you've got to let Him bring things to pass, and you've got to seek the kingdom of heaven. And all its righteousness. And everything shall fall into place. Because these people that I'm about to tell you about. Obviously put God first. Because they were used mightily. But they were human beings and they failed also. So this is an example to let us all know in this day and time. That we can also be used by God too. Now I'm going to start right chronologically through the order of I've been listed here. Through the Old Testament and into the New. The first person in the Bible. Adam. Adam was made perfect. Adam was created from the the dust of the earth. He was created perfect. But because of the deceptions of the enticements that came from Satan through the serpent, through Eve, he chose to go ahead and sin and eat of the forbidden fruit. Adam could have refused even when Eve brought it to him. But he didn't. But yet God used Adam mightily to be the first father of all the human beings, so to speak. Then he continued after they sinned and they had uh, brought the the, uh, existence of the creation, I should say, of people. Starting through the line of Seth. Abraham. Abraham. Everybody knows Father Abraham. Everybody knows that Abraham is the father of many nations. But he did not trust God when God told him he's going to have a promised child. He did not trust God when he knew that he and Sarah were around uh, near 100 years old. 90, 99, 100 years old. And yet he told them they were going to have a child. Abraham did not trust God. And what he did, he went and to with Hagar, which was Sarah's handmaiden, and brought forth Ishmael. Which brought forth the Arab nations as we have learned. But Abraham was used mightily of God. But he still failed. Moses. Moses was a mighty man of God as well. Moses saw God face to face at the burning bush. Moses was in the presence of God probably unlike anybody in this world has ever been in the flesh. Moses, before he was called out to be the leader of the Israelites and to go back before Pharaoh at 80 years old, Moses killed an Egyptian. Moses killed an Egyptian. And then he hid him in the sand. Must have buried him when they were building the temples and such. Then there was a skirmish between two Israelites over here the next day. And he come over there and he tried to break it up. And they said, well Moses, who do you think you are? Are you going to kill us like you did that Egyptian yesterday? So he he knew that they found out in the camp. So Moses fled Egypt and head to the back side of the desert was there for 40 years because God was preparing him in the wilderness just like we're all to be prepared in our wilderness. And then he was used as a mighty man of God to bring the Israelites out of Egypt through the Red Sea and over to the mountain of God. Samson. Samson was a mighty man of God. But Samson had a weakness in the flesh. And Samson killed a lot of Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey. He wrestled with a lion with his bare hands and did mighty things for God. But Samson had a weakness to Delilah. He gave into that fleshly weakness, that carnal nature. King David, one of the most beloved men ever in the Bible, King David, wrote many, many of the psalms. It was torn up and broken in his heart when he found out of what he had done. Because he took to himself Bathsheba and committed adultery with her when her husband Uriah was out in the war in the battles, fighting on the battlefield. And King David was back in his palace and he saw the beautiful Bathsheba and sent for her Committed adultery. And then when he found out, and it was brought to his knowledge that he was the one, he repented and was sore in his heart and tore up. And God used David mightily to write many of the Psalms, the Psalms that we listen to, the Psalms that we read, the Psalms that touches our hearts. But David also called for Uriah to come in He wanted to get him in there and to have him to go and spend time with his wife Bathsheba because his conscience was starting to get to him. And Uriah said, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to get back out there on the field where my men are. So David had plotted with some others to have Uriah into the battle where he got killed. So he plotted a man's murder. But yet, King David was use mightily of God. Solomon. Solomon took to himself many wives. But Solomon was one of the wisest men God has ever put on this planet. He wrote the Proverbs. Song of Solomon. Elijah. Elijah was a great man of God. There was a time when he was going up against the heathens. And they had built a big altar unto their Baal. Their gods. And he had them pour water all over the altar. They were sacrificing themselves, cutting themselves, doing things to their God that didn't do anything. And and then Elijah said, bring the water, pour it all over here. And then he called down fire from heaven and the fire came down and consumed the altar. Because he was a mighty man of God. But yet when he heard that Jezebel had put out a contract on his life, when he heard that that wicked queen Jezebel was out for him, He cried like a baby and went whining and found himself a cave to hide in. Oh, Lord, just don't let me live. Take my life. What happened? He forgot to continue to trust God. So that was a failure. Then you got Jonah. Jonah and the whale. We've heard that story since we were children. We've heard about how Jonah was swallowed by the whale. God sent him and told him to go to Nineveh to tell the people in Nineveh that he was going to destroy them. He didn't pay attention to God. He turned. He got on a ship, was going to try to go across the sea and get away. Big storm came up. Then he told them, Well, it's my fault, so to speak. I'm kind of putting them on words. My fault. So they cast lots and threw him overboard. The whales swallowed him up. I wouldn't want to go that far. I'd have to be swallowed up by a whale to uh, pay attention and do what God tells me to do. So he told him again, going over to Nineveh after he spit him out. on over there to Nineveh, tell him what I told you. He did. The whole city repented, and God did not have to destroy the city. So what good come out of that? There was a lot of people that were saved. Because Jonah obeyed God. How many times do we hear what God tells us to do or something, and we don't do it? And then later on, something takes place, and then we want, okay, Lord, I guess I'll go ahead and do it. It's just that nature of flesh we have to fight against. It's not that we're bad people. It's not that we we want to rebel against God, because that's not true. It's just that we have that nature inside of us that's kind of trying to dominate us and tell us what to do. Now I'm jumping into the uh, New Testament. I've only got about three people I want to use for examples there. The first one and the first and foremost person from the New Testament is Peter. Peter was a mighty man of God. Well, after the days when he became Holy Ghost filled. But he was a fisherman. He was rough around the edges. But Peter was committed. Peter was committed to God, committed to Jesus as he walked on the earth, committed to the ministry. Peter had saw things with Jesus that many people never saw. Peter walked on the water. How many people has ever walked on the water? Nobody. Jesus Christ. Peter. The only two I've ever known that's walked on the water. I'd like to walk on the water one time. I think it'd be pretty cool. But you know what? When they came to get Jesus and capture him, Peter took the sword and cut off Malchus's ear. Rebellion. Not rebelling, I would say, but um, fighting in the wrong way, so to speak. But Jesus reached right down there and picked up his ear and put it right back on his head. And Peter saw it. But then Peter goes on when Jesus is being scourged, uh, scourged beaten, at his trial. Peter denied Jesus three times. Three times. And one time they said he even used some, some cuss words. And then Jesus rebuked Peter for asking him, well, what is this man going to do? What is John going to do? And, you know, he's like "Say, okay, well, you, you, you tell me this is what I'm doing, but what's John going to do? And I can imagine, you know, Jesus wouldn't have said it like this, I don't think, because he was so good and so meek and so humble. But it would be kind of like Jesus saying, Peter, what is that to you? Why are you worried about what this man's going to do? I've told you what to do. This is what I want you to do. If I want this man to live until I come back, then, then what why why do you concern yourself about that? But I can guarantee you, Jesus probably rebuked him in such a loving way that he understood. And it didn't embarrass Peter. Thomas. Doubt and Thomas, that's what we know him by. Doubt Thomas kind of kind of failed God because he had seen him for three and a half years. He had watched him do the miracles. He had watched him heal the lame man's the the, the man's arm, you know, when he come in there in the temple, his hand. He saw the people get healed from leprosy. He saw the people get raised from the dead. Lazarus and the little girl and, 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 and Jairus' and the little girl and different things. He saw so much. But yet He sat there and said to the disciples, He says, Unless I see the nail prints in His hand and on His feet and the pierce of His side, I ain't going to believe it. But yet He saw all of these things that Jesus did. And the Bible says that blessed are you, Peter, I mean, excuse me, Thomas, that you've seen these things and you believe. But blessed are they, even more so, that believe and they've never seen. How many of us in here believe in Jesus Christ? Let's raise our hands. How many believe that He died on the cross and resurrected? Amen. We've never seen that. But we believe in our heart. But yet, Thomas did have a ministry after that. And then the last person I want to bring up is Paul. Paul was a mighty man of God as well. But Paul persecuted the church for a long time. Thought he was doing the right thing. But Paul came on and wrote most of the epistles of the the New Testament. Paul sent letters to all all the different churches. Romans, the Corinthians, the Colossians, the Philippians, the Galatians, Timothy, Timothy, He wrote so much of the the New Testament, it was unreal. That was being used mightily of God. But yet he failed when he was persecuting the church. Thinking he was doing the right thing. So now I want to ask you this. Do you worry yourself about if you're working for God? Do you worry yourself Sleepless? Do you even wonder if you're doing any work for the Lord? Because we all probably do. We all probably do. Sometimes we think we have to be big and boastful. Sometimes we think we have to be the center of attention to be doing the work of the Lord. Just like me standing right here preaching to y'all. this I'm nobody. I don't need pats on the back from y'all. I don't need pats on the back from my church family. I'm just here to share the word of God because I'm committed. But let me ask you a question. Did you pray today? Did you pray for others and not just for yourself? If you did, then God used you. Did you give somebody some money because you knew they were without a job? And they needed some money to pay their bills. If you did, God used you. Did you teach your Sunday school class today? Did you share the Word of God with your your students? your, your Your class? If you did, God used you. Did you encourage someone with the words of kindness when you knew they were going through something? If you did, God used you. Did you share the gospel of Christ with someone on YouTube or Facebook? Or did you go to Walmart and meet up with somebody and you talk to them in the aisle because you knew they were hurting? Did you try to help somebody when you went to Kroger? If you did, God used you. Did you stay faithful And I even use this one here. Did you stay faithful to go into the nursing home each month? Or the jail services? Even though you got tired. And you got tired of other people quitting going. But yet you continued to go. But you wished you could quit too. If you did, God used you. If you ever feel like you're not being used by God, just step back. And analyze your own life. Don't allow your failures, your weaknesses, or your sins to deceive you and make you think that God is not using you and that He won't use you. Don't let yourself deceive. Don't deceive yourself. Sometimes it's the little things that God uses us in. And we sometimes don't ever know it. Remember the people that was mentioned in the Bible? There was a lot of others, others, but I I didn't have time to compile it. You folks here can be used by God just as much as anybody else here that doesn't live in this, this facility. It don't have to be on no grand scale. You all can use be used by God to help each other. If you have a Bible, you could pull out a few scriptures and write them down and sit down with your friend on a one-on-one Bible study. Or if you feel, see that your friend in here is, is feeling down, maybe upset, maybe crying, just go put your arm around and say, hey, it's going to be alright. Because God is love. And if we allow that love from God to radiate through us to somebody else, then God is using us. It may not be what you want it to be. It may not be what you think it should be. But He'll use you if you let it. I'd just like for right now, everybody, to lift lift up your hands if you want to. Let's close our eyes and let's think on the Lord. And let's go ahead and say, Lord... I'm available for you to use me. If you want to use me in any way, I'm here for you. No matter how big or how small, I'm here for you. And let's just let God have His way with every one of us. But the most important thing that God wants to do for us Today and every day. is He wants us to all be born again. He wants us to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Evidence speaking in tongues. And He wants us to be water baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. To wash away our sins. That's what God wants us to do we must go down in the water in the name of Jesus Christ that washes away our sins. That's the salvation plan I told you about at the beginning of my message. That you must be born again. And if you've been baptized one way, and it's not in the name of Jesus Christ, you still need to be baptized again in the name of Jesus because that is what the Bible says. Unfortunately, men changed some things in the baptismal formula and they have been baptizing the wrong way. I was baptized when I was 12 years old the wrong way. But at 34 years old, I found out that I had to be baptized in the name of Jesus. (laughs) Because that's the only name that's going to wash away your sins is the name of Jesus. No father, no son, no Holy Ghost titles are going to wash away your sins but the name of Jesus Christ. And don't turn away to be baptized in Jesus' name if you've never been baptized in Jesus' name. Even if you've been baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Don't turn it away. That actual name has to be spoken over you when you're baptized, not the titles of God. And you must receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. And you will speak in tongues when you receive the Holy Ghost. That's it. Don't ever think that you can't be used of God. When God's got his plan first. He wants you to be baptized in his name. And filled with his Holy Ghost Spirit. And then as the door opens, he will use you greater and greater. And more mightily And more mightily. God bless you.